This is a Hoff Studios podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. here with Nikki Dinky. Hi. Um, you may know her from the Food Network. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that's where people most know you from? They mostly know me. They don't know you like I know they you. They don't know know me as they will today, but they <laughs> a lot of people know me from being on the show Food Network Star uh, about 10 years ago. They don't know that you're just an all-around star. But I'm a star in many ways. As, um, we, as I know actor, very well. Actor, a chef, um, all sorts of things. Um, I know you from the voiceover world. <laughs> Which is like the cutest. Yeah. I remember seeing you. Um, uh, was it Don Mahone's um, bar none? Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. we were in the waiting room and you were like, I've been doing these like, I don't know, food things. And I think it's cute. I'm into it. And I was like, what do you, but you're an actress. You're like, I don't know. I could do both. I could do it all. And then you did it. So it's so funny because now I've been so food focused for the last 10 years. And if anything, especially starting with that show, because it was kind of my first foray into food entertainment, I specifically didn't tell anyone that I was an actor. I really didn't want people to not take me seriously in the food space. And considering I didn't have a restaurant and other things of, you know, that kind of level of legitimacy, I wanted to make sure that people knew I am a serious food person, which I am and was. However... In my little midlife crisis I'm having this oh, year. Yeah, that's good. Mazel tov. Yeah, thank you. I turned 40. I turned 40. Wow. Yeah. Happy birthday, thank dude. You. Just, yeah, actually, we're celebrating tomorrow. My husband says that when he turned 40, he had like a mental upgrade. Yeah, so I think it's definitely a midlife crisis, but in a really good, healthy way. Oh, great. Let's so like, that's that. great, right? What does that even mean? It means that I'm rethinking my whole life. No, but seriously, I think that the idea of turning 40... In so many ways, it just felt like, all right, you know, now's the time. We're either going to dye your hair pink or shit or get off the pot. I mean, it just, it felt like this very, like any hangups that I had personally, like, when am I going to stop doing this? Because I'm 40 now. Am I really still insecure about this or hung up on this or still worried about this? So it was those kind of things. And then it was in my work life, a lot of, why do why am I doing just food? Like, why am I not just doing anything that makes me happy? And then what things are making me happy? Like what? What do you so want like, to do? So like truly, I I'm gonna be real honest. I was like, I am not starting a podcast. That's lame. <laughs> 
<laughs> I she was says like, on my podcast. Everyone does podcasts. Well, not as well as you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. But you know, you have these thoughts and I'm like, I don't know. No, no. And then I was like, but that is what I want to do. Oh, great. And so who cares? It's who really Who cares fun. if it's a little saturated or whatever? I just need to do things that get me jazzed in the morning. And... I, so I'm just, I'm doing things that get me jazzed. I'm trying to figure out my st- stuff. I've got a therapist. I'm trying to go <gasps> through it. Wow, Nikki. And I dyed my hair pink. So that's basically the three tiers of having a healthy midlife crisis. No Lamborghinis and no affairs. Oh, great. I mean, really, standing ovation what? from right over here. Thank you. Thank I you. love it. <laughs> I, you know what's so funny? It's like, I've been watching you, you know, uh, uh, definitely on TikTok and in, on Instagram. I don't watch TV so much. I didn't see that Food Network show, but I yeah, saw or that my, it was a or big my hit. own series, uh, Junk Food Flip, for a couple seasons on Cooking Channel. And I've been on, on multiple other Food Network shows. It's fine, though. It's fine. Liz, she's a big star. I'm, <laughs> I'm actually well aware that you're a big star, but also your stuff on Instagram was like really cool and so creative. So when you, t- when you told me, actually, when we were like discussing what we talk about here, mm-hmm. when you were like, how to like, let's talk about creativity and motherhood and refining yourself. I never knew you lost yourself. Well, that's good. That's good. Because I've been kind of faking it till you make it for a while. Tell me more. You know, and when I think about seeing you in those voiceover auditions or whatever it was, like that was all faking it till you make it. I never felt confident or like good in that space or like I'm I've got this. And I just felt like you, oh my gosh, like you had your shit together. I looked at you and I was like, now that's like a real actor. Wow. Weird. <laughs> I mean, I truly like there there's like there's about three or four people from that time in my life that I think, ooh, they like, you know, they were the real deal. And so when wow. someone like when you reach out to me and you give me any sort of accolades or ask me to do this, is this is reminders that I've had this last year where I have to kind of tell myself I need to kind of get over this insecurity and that like oh I'm not God. here, you know? But so yeah, it's just it's figuring a lot of that out. And I'm just so over it. I just don't think you can be 40, <laughs> at least in my mind, and still like be so insecure. I'm I would over never it. think I would never think that you were. Cause in that conversation, by the way, at um at, at Barnon, mm-hmm. you were like, I just get to have fun. And I was like, I remember that moment because I've never I never heard of anyone just getting to have fun. I thought we were just like trying to make it and spend money. Which we were. Accolade and success and the next credit and do my agents like me? so intense, you know? I I mean, don't get me wrong. I think I I had moments. You know, I've had lots of moments along the road. But I think in this last year is the first time that day to day I'm like, oh, I'm okay. So an interesting thing talking with you is that I recently am seriously considering getting back into acting. Let's do it! Which is a funny thing, and I had an hour-long session with my therapist today about whether or not I wanted to do that because there was a part of me that was having reservations about it. I wasn't even really sure why. And I think a lot of it is really looking back on that time in my life, I just, it felt like everything was about this success. Yeah. And Uh, maybe if I can book these roles and get these credits, like I'll be enough, you know? And I felt like so low on the totem pole and the agents were just these gods and anything they said, I was like, yes, I'm free. Of course, of course, of course. And And with food, it wasn't like that? Well, so that wasn't really a very happy time in my life. I loved the work, but the whole grind of it wasn't like fostering happiness. And then I think when I found food, 
that was one of the first things that like, it felt like I was having more success at it. Yes. And it felt a lot more of a self-motivated creative project that I could do myself and produce myself. And I made myself a food personality. I just loved cooking. And then I put it on YouTube. And then I started a site. And then I found a radio show that wanted to put me on air. And then I kept going to the Food Network and saying, I'm legit, I'm legit. And finally, they believed me and put me on TV. But it's like the the food was me taking control of that, doing something myself instead of this desperate actor just going into room after room, hoping that they choose me. And, you know, nine times out of 10, being very disappointed all the time. Nine times out of 10. So I think that's pro you probably were there for some of that start of this new light of like, hey, this this is something that feeds, feeds my soul, you know? Yeah. And now I just am kind of asking myself that question again. You could do both. I mean, everything. you said that your twins are five years old now and you have so, an older daughter also? Yeah, I have a seven-year-old and I have twins that are turning five this summer. And I do think for those of you out there with younger kids, I think it's like four, four and a half is a huge turning point or at least has been for our three kids. And just suddenly it's like, there's time to get my nails done. You know, mm. there's time to have a, uh, you know, a high maintenance hair color. Me and my husband don't have, not like one of us has to be on kid duty. We can do things around the house, both of us, while our kids just play. Wow. And so it feels like there's just a little bit more breathing room for, for me, I guess. Because looking back, it's been, you know, have you ever done the math and you look at when you started trying to have kids, when you had kids, how long you, you know, were had little kids and nursed and all these things. And suddenly you're like, that was a decade. <laughs> you know? Long time has passed. You know, time. It's so funny. And I just want to say that from like where I'm sitting, having not really seen you for all this time, mm -hmm. actually, I, I think that was probably the last time I saw you. And then you got pregnant for the first time. Mm hmm. And I just, I have been in awe of you the whole time. That's, I mean, it really and, does and, touch me. I appreciate and of you your so. of your creativity. I mean, like, I remember seeing like a silent film you did. Yeah. <laughs> I did silent recipes. It was amazing. <laughs> it was so full of humor and art and food and uh, and you you've written cookbooks. Like, well, I had these moments in my food career in the last, you know, let's say three years or so where I suddenly did realize why am I limiting myself to just, I created this recipe and here it is. I have these other skills and I enjoy doing other things. And so I did start combining my acting, my writing, my humor with food. And those are some of my most successful things and adventures. They're amazing. And it's just like another reminder to never turn off sides of yourself, like find ways to, okay, so I do food. But I also do these other things. How do I combine them? Because that's going to also make you suddenly in this elite class of doing something that other people maybe aren't. But at the core of it, what I realized, and I truly only realized this in the last like year, is that I'm a really creative person. Like extremely. You walk, you walk <laughs> around like looking like a, like a fried egg while she's like teaching <laughs> us about making eggs it's like yeah, like no, wildly creative egg. it's like egg wildly earrings and then i have a yolk vest so it's like a cool egg like in a modern way and you, you like have to somehow see look sexy it's like oh it's a little sex never hurt anyone i mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i just it's funny because um well i was dressing up like vegetables and teaching people how to cook and you know for the first time in a long time having real success on social media through those things um, I think it was my nanny that said, gosh, you're just so creative. You are. And she was like really in awe of just simply my creativity. 
Um, and I thought That's to myself, moving you? yeah, I really was like, I remember it was really awkward about it. And I later had to be like, Hey, I appreciate what you said the other day. I was really awkward about it. I just didn't know, like I was awkward. Like uh-huh. I just, I'm weird. I don't always take a compliment, but I realized it hit me hard. Cause it kind of realized, Oh, wait a minute. I'm just a creative person. I don't know. I've never thought of myself as a, as an artist, as a creative person. And once I kind of thought about it differently, instead of, I am this skill set. I am a painter. I am a singer. I am a this. Even just within your regular workplace, you might be creative. You might have creative tendencies. Yeah. When you start really looking at yourself as a creative person and the the superpower that that is, then you realize, oh, wait a minute. Like, I can do lots of things. I, I just, I'm a creative person and then I do different skills. I do different things. And also, I think I've held my head a little higher because I don't know. I mean, I dropped out of art school. I went for one year. My big plan B to acting was photography. That's a terrible plan B, friend. <laughs> <out there. laughs> Anyone doing the math? If you are pursuing one art, don't go to school for another art form. Like, go for, to school for business. <laughs> Although, okay, great. It, it worked out for you. It well, it worked so out. Like, it worked on. out. I dropped out of school. You know, um, and this is my mommy brain where I'm like, where was I? But you know, I. I don't know. I pursued that for a long time. I don't know where I was. <laughs> oh, where were you? you? I don't know. That you're a creative person. I had a great thing that I was going to say. No, but it's just, you know, it's it's looking at yourself differently and giving yourself permission to do whatever you need to do. Oh, and I think I'm holding, my, holding myself a little higher because I now, oh, this is, I see, see, okay. I she's want, back. She's this back. This is a pass for everyone out there that has these moments <laughs> in the day. Because I've had some that are really embarrassing. When you don't get it back, you're like, oh man, I'm just going to let that go. But I did, so I'm just going to let you all know. Yay. But <laughs> as I'm like, oh no, I'm losing it again. <laughs> quickly, quickly. Um, I, when you think of yourself as a creative person, you hold yourself higher. Oh, so when we think about success. Yeah. And we think about why someone is great. We often think about, oh, they're so smart. You know, they they got A's in all their classes. They got some high profile job. They're in finance. Like smarts, doing well in school is something that we kind of easily celebrate. We don't usually celebrate, oh, you're so creative. Like it's, it's so much harder to tangibly say what that is. And so I think a lot of us that, you know, aren't as book smart, don't always give ourselves the credit for, for having this skill set, which arguably, in some ways, I think is more important. I than think it being absolutely is more and So I think it needs to be a little bit more celebrated because for a long time, I felt lesser than of all these people that, you know, I, my husband's very smart. He knew a lot of friends that went to great schools. And I was always like, oh my gosh, I went to one year of art school and dropped out. Like I am lesser than. Mm-hmm. And now I look at it and I'm like, no, those are just different skills. Yeah, we all need each other. You know? Yeah, it's it's interesting because I, I say this all the time, but like n- now that you see like little people, you're like, oh, that was just like weird messages I got. That doesn't make any sense, you know, because like I would never think that like because one of my mm. children is book smart and one of my children is artistic, that one is better than the cool. other. The world needs both. You also realize that people are just innately born that way. That is just their tendency. I have twins. I have boy-girl twins. Oh, my God. And they, so, you know, they're being raised similarly. They are getting the same whatever. And they are so obviously, at four years old, different people. He, it's funny, he took a minute, but now. You know they're five, right? No, they're turning five this summer. Oh, okay, great. I'm sorry. (sighs) 
Ooh, don't thanks. confuse me. <laughs> but like he is, he's just quicker. He's like my husband. He gets numbers faster. He's sometimes even doing weird math where you're like, I'm sorry, how did you figure that out? And she is a little bit slower with some of those skills, but is a crazy artist, always doing things, coming up with wild ideas. They are just different people. Yeah. And so I think you're, what you're talking about, these messages that we receive, if we can kind of change that message, then hopefully that girl never feels like she's any less than her brother because she's not maybe as technically smart. Mm. She is still smart. She's just, it's just, you might have a skill set in math. Like, yeah, hey, who cares? You know, I mean, it's nice. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I know. Happy my husband has that skill set, but you know, we only need so many of those people. We only need so <laughs> many of those people. We need people who like have a joie de vivre and pink hair. We yeah. We literally need that reminder that like, this is important. And you can be that person within a regular job, whatever you want to consider that. Like you are still allowed to be creative and be an artist and be in finance. Yeah. Because you might creative problem solve how to do that. You might be able to read people better. You might be able to, to put them at ease when you're having that meeting. These are all creative skills. And so it, it works in so many ways. And I just wish we could like celebrate that a little bit more, I guess. Maybe I wouldn't have felt. Do you want to hear something really interesting? I mean, maybe, but I have to tell you, you have been celebrated all along. I know. So, so, what, so what I'm really hearing is that like, actually the rest of us were like, fucking Nikki Tanky. <laughs> like on national television, she's like blowing up on social media. She has, she has books, but if it's not from the inside, it actually no. has no place to land. And I think I've been chasing this. I don't even know what that, that level was of success. And like, if I get there, then I'll be worthy of yeah. this like No, love. you've always been worthy. And that's what like, honestly, like there's a couple of people in the acting world that I've reconnected with recently, including yourself. Natalie. Yeah, Natalie is a big one. Um, and I just like, I almost like, <laughs> I almost like don't believe you. Oh. Like, oh, thanks. No, they're just, they're just being nice. Like it's why, like- I, Why? Why would I just be nice? I don't know. I don't know. I don't have other places to be. <laughs> I don't have other people to talk to. And it's funny. Why? No, really, why? I really, like, if we're really being honest, like- I mean, I want to be nice to you because also you're a nice person. Yeah. But like, why would I? Yeah, no, I can't, you make a good I point. I actually can't <laughs> lie that you put out, published two cookbooks. This is true. And that you have thousands of loving and grateful fans on social yeah. media that you've been on network television. Like that, those are actual facts. I'm not even being nice. I'm just talking about facts. <laughs> I think it's that we, and I think especially a lot of people in the creative career, especially people in the acting world, we a lot of times set these insanely high bars for ourselves. And it's like, I wanted to do two cookbooks, but I also wanted to do two cookbooks that like get on the New York Times bestseller, you know, and it didn't reach there. And I'm like, oh, have to do a third now, <laughs> you know? Like, Great. Can we? And that's a lot of what I've been asking myself is like, why is there this level? Because there are things that I have done and am doing that are at a level that other people are looking up to and being like, that's great. So it's really is an internal thing of like checking myself because because that's what we do. I think in a, in a lot of industries is we are like, oh, but if only, and then you get to that next level and you do that thing. And then you're like, oh, but, but look at that level. I mean, those people, whew. And then maybe you do get to that next level. But then guess what? There's always another level. There's always another There's level. always another thing that you want. And you have to start to ask yourself, why do I even want it? 
Because what is life about? Like, life is about our kids and family and Is fun. it? It doesn't have to be. I mean, it doesn't have to be. If you have kids, usually <laughs> you're like, I want to enjoy these little people. I mean, invest so much time into them. You might as well have fun with them. <laughs> no, but I, th- I, I, I think what, I, what I'm hearing also is just that, like, in the past 10-ish years, it's been about family for you, at least on the inside. Like, yeah. whatever I saw on the outside was a fraction of what you were capable of producing because you were also like a mom. My therapist likes to remind me. She's like, I'm like, I'm so jealous of this person. And she's like, does that person have three children? Has that person been doing this and that? And as long as the answer might even be yes. But it's about the idea of like, yeah, in my personal life, there's been plenty of things that happened and have been happening and people to take care of. Um, and so that's probably one of my things I work on is if we can celebrate the personal successes, then those become the same check marks and the same successes that build you up like your work in a, someone like me who needs work very desperately. Yeah, you do you know? like just to feel like yourself. Oh, desperately. So <laughs> I, I need it. I need work <sighs> to feel like myself, to be the best mom. For sure, I need to be creative that day and do something and have some successes. That's just part of me. But I also have needed it to feel this sense of self-worth. And that's where I'm trying to back off is mm-hmm. I don't need to do another cookbook just so that maybe it gets on that New York Times bestseller and then maybe I prove to everyone that I am worthy. But what's so crazy is the rest of us really yeah. do believe that you already are worthy. So like the proof is already there. No, so I got to let it go a little bit. You know? uh, yeah. Although like I'm sure, the, I'm sure that the book, the, the cookbook would be great. Like and, I have no doubt. And that's and, the thing And though, on the New York is, Times bestseller list. Like that, that's also po- possible. It's just like the worthiness factor it already exists on the outside. Well, and I think you need to look at what you're doing, especially when you do have a young family because there's so much time spent there. So it's like, what else am I doing? Like, where am I spending my other time? And especially if you're someone like me that has a choice, you know, like I, I am lucky where... I do make money, but I also have a partner who, thank God, is the one with the health insurance and some of those more stable things. And so the the things that I choose to work on, you know, are, are things that I'm I'm carving out time away from my family and I, I want to enjoy them or I, or I want them to be things that feed my soul. And so it's just, you know, it's like when I first did that that second cookbook, my latest one, More Veggies, Please, um, I was very passionate about that project. The recipes were all about family-focused recipes with surprising veggie twists. It was about the food that I was making for my family. I'm so jealous, by the way, that you enjoy (laughs) cooking because it's so hard for me to cook. I cannot believe I forgot to bring a book. I'm sending you a book. Wait, I like really need to cook because my children are like in desperate need of vegetables. Well, and and that's the great thing is I was... Like you're actually doing a service. Like that's the other thing that's so... It, it's almost sad for me to like hear you um, say this because you are doing such good work in the world, that meaningful work. And I will say when I thought about this concept, I did one of the things that drew me to it was this idea of it's so hard to be a parent. And then you are in charge of feeding your children. A hundred percent of their nutrition comes from what you give them. That is so much pressure. Too much. You know, it's like, oh, oh my gosh. And and but they didn't need this. And it's it's just a lot of pressure. And so I started doing more recipes where I would take the muffins that we were always making, but instead of certain things, I would use a can of beans to create the structure and the protein in them. And and I, these recipes, because they were still just yummy, good, classic recipes, but then the veggie twist was more hidden, 
it allowed me to kind of take that mom guilt off myself. And then when I, I share that I, with other people. I literally need that. Like yeah. a literal need. Literal need. Like I sometimes can't sleep at night because I'm like, my child only eats yogurt yes. and hot dogs. Like help. Yeah. It, it's a huge thing that you're it's doing so for family. It's so much pressure. <laughs> and that's the thing is like, and so I often look at my kid's plate and be like, oh, what are we having today? We're having, you know, mac and cheese with a side of waffles and chicken nuggets. But then I stop myself and realize that my waffles have white beans in them. My mac and cheese has cauliflower and sweet potatoes. My chicken nuggets have uh, lentils and all sorts of things. That's amazing. And they taste just like chicken nuggets. And that's really the key is that I don't want to push anything too hard. Let's just take, let's just take the edge off a little. But when I wrote that second cookbook, I was so passionate about that subject. I also enjoyed the process of writing the cookbook. I liked the recipe testing. I liked the photography. I liked the graphic design of it. I designed that book in a way that's not very traditional. All those things I enjoyed the process of. And that's really in my in my more wise later years that I'm trying to do is I'm not going to do a third cookbook right now because there's nothing that's making me think, ooh, that's something I really want to share. Yeah. That's a person that I want to help. I, I just am not really jazzed about it. And so that's kind of the difference in my career shift is not just doing things. I mean, it'd probably be smart for me to do a third cookbook, work on this momentum, but I don't know. I'm not going to. Well, not you're right doing now. a you're doing a podcast. But I'm doing a podcast instead, kind of. What's it about? So the podcast is called You're So Creative, which oh, I is love it. what my friend said to me that day. Um, your nanny. My nanny. I love that mm -hmm. you just called her your Yeah, I was, gonna, I was gonna call my nanny again. And I was like, oh my God, Daisy is gonna watch this and be like, <laughs> like <laughs> she is. She's your friend. She's, she's like our, your yeah. best friend. I mean, I, I'm lucky, I mean, I'm lucky too to have somebody that helps mm -hmm. me with my kids that also is a joy to have in my house and is someone that when you do work from home or an or an entrepreneur, it can get lonely. You know, like I'm really lucky that she's someone I, you know, genuinely enjoy as Can a I human. just say that I see you like welling up with tears? And it's like so. <laughs> It's so beautiful because yeah, I think it's a that gift. It nannies are in a many gift. ways, and, yeah. a, and a good nanny mm -hmm. who also loves you is like yeah, huge. It's, she like left for a minute, had another baby, and Aww. I was like, so what's <laughs> happening here? Are you coming back at some point? We can be really flexible. <laughs> but you know, That's she awesome. said to, she said you're so creative, and that stuck with me. And so I I started in this year of kind of working on myself reaching out to people like yourself that I've always respected and maybe followed on Instagram and started actually talking and DMing. Yeah. And then maybe having lunch or coffee or a phone call. And the conversations that I was having with people in my industry that I also just liked as friends yeah. were so eye-opening in so many ways because I felt this sense of camaraderie. I felt like they understood me. The things I was insecure about, they were insecure about. Yeah. Even if they, even if in my head they were five times more successful than me. And so it really helped me feel more confident in a lot of ways. It helped me sort through some things. And I just started thinking, God, I'd love to connect with more people. And I'd love to share these conversations with people because I think they would be really helpful. Yeah. And so the podcast, You're So Creative, is for creative professionals. And we explore everything behind the business of being creative. I love it. And so the emotional journey, also really technical things like social media and confidence, um, support systems. And I want people to really leave each episode. It's all specific on a topic so that you really learn something. You know, I'm really letting people leave with information while also having on guests that can really talk to these topics. I'm so excited. And so hopefully it's really informative and creates even more of this community. And at the core of it, like we've been talking about, I just want to do it. <laughs> I just want to talk with more yeah. awesome people. Yeah. 
And so I'm like, I think this is good for me. I think this will make me happier every week. And so that's what we're going to do. Yeah. I think it's really important to like tend to our own happiness and our own creativity. It's like, it's probably the the whole reason why I do this. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I think outside of my own joy of just getting to talk to you, Mm -hmm. I feel like there's like a whole audience of people who mothers feel alone yeah so it's lonely like the idea that like uh that you had gone through this tremendous insecurity that we would have never known because on the on face value your Mm -hmm. life looks literally perfect like we're all swimming in this Mm -hmm. this idea that like nikki's life is perfect and yella's life Mm -hmm. is perfect everyone's kids listen to them all the time I call bullshit, yeah. you know, like we're it's all hard. human. Even when we know that we still see the Instagram post. We still only talk to that friend here and there. And it still seems that way. We have to like constantly remind ourselves that everyone's in it with us. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think when we can kind of break down that wall and and have someone talk about things that like, no, I, I'm not that confident or no, I've really struggled with that. You really do look that confident, by the way. You always have. That's amazing to me. I mean, honestly, when have. I look back about that, I, you know, listen, I'm a good actor. You are. Uh, and actually, one of the episodes I'm doing for the podcast is about confidence. And in there, I literally have a section about how to fake it. Because sometimes you got to start faking it until you make it, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it's about putting that hand in the pocket and just kind of relaxing. <laughs> it's about not talking too much and asking questions. And I think that I did a lot of that. Um, you know, it's a slow process and, you know, I guess, I guess it comes with age to a degree, but I also think you have to work on it. Yeah. But I know it can be lonely out there and I, I want people to not feel that way. Uh, Cause I think everyone's feeling that way. Like literally everyone. I think so too. Well, okay. So you did, when we did talk about what we're going to like really mm-hmm. touch on, you did say that you were open to sharing about Willa. Yeah, Willa, for sure. right? Willa, mm-hmm. Willa, W-I-L-L-A. Yes. And I think that was that. That's the or Willa is the origin story of your motherhood. Mm-hmm. Yes. And really, like you know, as we talk about your pivot creatively, and even your own the the backstage pass that mm-hmm. we all just got, by the way, because like we've just been watching you on the Food Network <laughs> and on like the Rachel Ray show and like having no idea. I think if we do rewind all the way back there, like that experience with Willa probably colored a lot of this past Yeah, years. and I and I never give myself um a pass for that. So we we started trying to have kids about, I guess, 10 years ago, right before I went on that show, Food Network Star. Um, I remember when I went on the show, I had to bring a pregnancy test because I was still unsure, you know, like the last one, I could be pregnant. Um, And then when I came back from Food Network Star, I actually told my husband, maybe we should like pause on this whole baby making thing for a minute. I'm suddenly going to be on this huge show and I don't know. And of course, I was like already pregnant. Yeah, of course. (laughs) That always happens. Like the moment, you know. Um, And so we had pregnant, we got pregnant with my daughter, Willa. Um... It, she had a cystic hygroma, which is something that they check for around three months, and that's a little extra fluid on the back of the neck. It's something that you're always checked for, and it's really just an indicator that something could be wrong. So she did have a little fluid on the back of her neck, and so they recommended genetic testing, which we did. Um, and we were definitely nervous. You know, we didn't really know what that meant. And the genetic testing all came back positive. There was really nothing to talk about. 
which meant that the next thing that it was likely was her heart. And they weren't going to be able to really look at her heart until I was six months pregnant. And so we spent, this was our first pregnancy. I don't know. I was much skinnier. We spent six <laughs> months hiding the pregnancy. And oh, yeah. Really, I, I hid my pregnancy the first time for yeah, six months. Yeah. Really told almost nobody um, because we were going to, at six months, see the state of her heart. And they told us there was a very good chance that she would not live outside the womb if they had the condition that they thought she might have. How did you um, handle that for six months? I, I don't know. I don't know. I think you just start to like, you know, blindly go through each day. And it was a terrible pregnancy experience because we were so ready to be parents. But then you like didn't get to have any fun with it or celebrate it. And it kind of sucked the joy from it, you know. But then at six months, about six months, um, we had the uh, scan done on her heart. And she was great. She was perfect. And I remember leaving and I was like, I guess we're doing this, like really doing it, you know? And it felt like we had been like chasing this carrot and we actually were like going to eat the carrot. And we're like, this is awesome. I can't like, we just were like, carrots are totally. So I, I actually really don't like carrots, but yeah, you get the metaphor. <laughs> and so, you know, uh, we had finally a baby shower and we did it and we did the whole thing. And on the day she was due, I was 40 weeks pregnant. I think it was the day she was due. It, or maybe it was the next day. No, it was – wait, let me think. Oh, yeah. The day after she was due, that morning, I didn't really feel her. And I thought, ah, oh, you know, when did I feel her last? And I yeah. couldn't remember a ton of action like that night before. And so I started being conscious of it. I started, you know, we were going to, we like to go out to brunch on Sundays. So we went out to brunch and I was like, I'm specifically going to have, you know, some orange juice. Like she always liked that. She'll start moving when I have some orange juice. She's, you know, whatever. And, you know, my husband was definitely more nervous than I was. And I was like, it's fine. Don't stress it. Um, and we had that brunch and I still wasn't really feeling anything. And, you know, at that point she was estimated to be about eight pounds. So like she's a big baby. We should be feeling something. And so we went back home and still wasn't feeling anything and finally was like, okay, I think we need to go get it checked out. But in my mind, it was still like, you know what? it's like a million things go wrong when you're about to have a baby. You know, your fluid's low. They need to induce you. This, ha I mean, it's just like, you know, I was like, okay, it's, we might just be having a different birthing experience than I was planning on. So we went to the hospital and we didn't even get admitted. We were just in like those initial rooms before they get you a room. And they scanned us and they couldn't find our heartbeat. And it was that simple. That was it. You know, and it's like, it's like unbelievable that you could spend so much time chasing that carrot and so excited. And then it's just like, that's it. That's the end of the journey. You know, and it was just like this like huge disbelief, like, you know, we just didn't understand. And then and then it becomes a very technical thing of like, how are we getting this baby out of you? Right. Which I will say you never think about. When we think about stillbirth, I mean, you just don't think, okay, well, I mean, I lost the baby. And now what are you telling me? And they did not want to give me a C-section because that would that would be surgery. And when there's not a baby to look after. There's no reason to put the mom at risk. So they highly recommended that I be induced. And I ended up giving birth to Willa at eight pounds, four ounces, um, naturally. And 
we were very unsure what was going to happen. The whole time that I was delivering her, I had my eyes closed. I think in my head I thought, oh, we're just going to move on because we had had a miscarriage before and this is going to be the same thing. We're just going to like have this experience and then let's get back to the drawing board. And I literally cut my eyes closed the whole time. They kept asking if we wanted to see her. My husband felt like he did. So I said, okay. And I can't imagine if we hadn't have seen her. I mean, I would have, like, that's, I always say that part because I want if anyone um, is supporting someone going through a stillbirth or unfortunately has a situation, like, you hold that baby, you know? Because that's all you get, you, you know? You don't get the whole lifetime. And so take what you can get and hold that baby and take their picture. We took pictures and I remember there was someone, a professional photographer that offered to take pictures for us. And we were like, no, that's weird, you know? And I mean, looking back, of course we should have. Um, but it just, we didn't know how to handle that situation, yeah. you know? And so we did take some pictures and I remember there's a video and I just said to my husband as he was taking the video, like, I just wanted to smile. Like in the pictures, I wanted to smile. Like it felt like so, you know, there's all this grief and but like I, I was so happy. I was so happy to see my baby. So, you know, yeah. we took our pictures and we uh, we held her for a while and didn't really know like when to like let that go. And in New York, the sun can kind of bounce around the buildings from one window to the next. And we were in no way facing the sun, but it had bounced off another building and like came in our window for this very short period of time. And we just felt like that was it. And so then we gave her back. We had an autopsy done on her and she was fine. They couldn't find anything wrong wow, with her. Wow, really? We got no answers. And then we just suddenly went back into this life with no baby, you know? And you forget how many people especially because I was full term, saw you pregnant and expected you to then have a baby. Yeah, I, I ha actually haven't seen you since. Yeah. And so there's all these awkward conversations. I actually, on the finale of Food Network Star, because that's shot after the fact, I was like six months or seven months pregnant at the time. I had a huge belly. And so you walk back into our building. We lived in Manhattan at the time. And, you know, the doorman is like, how's the baby? Right. It's like, it's super awkward. <laughs> how do you, The dry cleaner. Not that it's like your place to give anyone yeah. advice, but you are three children. Yeah. Let's call it four children yeah. in now. You have some life experience. And I wonder, like, how would you have wanted to be greeted? Um, I mean, it's so hard. Nobody means anything from it. And, and. I mean, it's just a it's just a terrible situation where no one would expect that. Um, you know, I mean, I just kind of frankly told people, you know, usually with some tears, they let it go pretty fast. Um, I think as far as people a little bit closer to me, you know, I even had some casual friends in the acting world. Um, uh, Corey English, do you know her? I was just starting to connect with her. No. And she was also pregnant. And I remember, oh. you know, like – she came over and I think I think the one thing that if you're someone in uh, in a circle that's supporting someone who's going through a stillbirth, there's a couple of things you can do. You can immediately ask if they named the baby, oh. what the baby looked like, um, because these are the things that we have to talk about because there's a ton of joy 
around that experience. Like I cry here about the experience of losing Willa, but Willa herself, oh my gosh, do I love that baby. It is just warm and bubbly and nothing, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Do you know how much I fucking love that baby? Like a heartbeat. I got to hold her, not for as long as I wanted, but I did, you know? And so I want to share that. And I think a year after she passed, we had a service, kind of like a funeral, um, something that our amazing, you know, pastor worked with us to create. And we had all our friends and family there and even work colleagues there. And it was a joyous time. And we really wanted to share with them that we were happy to talk about her and that we considered her a part of our life. And she was she was a member of our family. And we wanted to make sure people understood that because it's really a hard thing to navigate. And so for the community, you mean? For the community around you. They don't know like what's going on. This is like this is, this is something that they haven't had experience with. And so if you are in that situation, ask about the baby. How, ask how they're doing. Ask to see pictures. Like it's a baby and this is what they get. And then, of course, just support them in that grief and understand that they might not be as excited about you maybe getting pregnant or other people. And there might be some jealousy and there might be emotions. But recognize that child as a child because of the many people that I've talked to that have gone through stillbirth, I am yet to hear anyone say that they wished they didn't take pictures or wished to not talk about it. Everyone wants to talk about their baby by name and they're so happy that they got whatever mementos that they did. I'm really so grateful that you are willing to talk about it because I don't know why, you know, when I I wanted to make sure. Yeah. Well, because I don't think when you know I left you that voice, that no, feel. I just, you know, I'm not. We could we could have spoken about a, anything. Yeah. You have a lot going on. And it's funny because I cry here. And so I think sometimes and, and every time I talk about it, it's different. If you would have asked me earlier, would I cry talking about Will? I probably would have said, I don't think so. Like maybe teared up at one part. But like, no, I, pro- I don't think so. You know, I never know how the emotions are going to flow. But, I mean, I got to talk to her about her today. You know what I mean? Like, she was eight pounds, four ounces. She had the darkest hair of any of my kids. She had giant hands. Her hands were so, so big for her size, you know? And she she most looked like my daughter, Daisy, probably more of a a dinky than a Seeger, you know? Um, She was beautiful. I mean, she she was beautiful. I can picture her right now. And she... She is someone that even my kids, we talk to our kids about her. Wow. They know that Willa's hurt their sister, but not here. And, you know, the other day, my preschooler did his end of the year book. And it says, I have, and they filled in the blank, this many members of my family. And he put five, you know, and included Willa in that count. Or, you know, he put six. (laughs) And my other daughter didn't. And actually, I think think once... uh, my son explained why she was like, oh, I forgot. I was like, that's okay. It's fine. Like, it's He's fine. very good with numbers. He's very good with numbers. That's but, all. you know, it's just, it's that's the way that we share it. And I think that's the way that most people want to share. And maybe they don't always want to talk about it. People are different. But I do know that I've heard a ton of stories about, especially maybe in the last generation, um, this was something where people would come to their home and remove all the baby stuff and just pretend it never happened. And... From the personal stories that I've heard of people in that scenario, that never ended well, ever. You mean like emotionally? Emotionally. That was always traumatic between the relationships of the family, the mother. 
it just never has. So, I mean, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I would say ask about that child talk about it. Don't expect them to get over it immediately. Don't ask them, oh, when are you going to have another baby? And don't expect that the next baby makes it all better. There is still all this grief there. But of course, I'm so happy that we finally accomplished the goal of expanding our family. That's awesome. But that's only one little piece of the puzzle, you yeah. know? Yeah. So hopefully people understand it just a little a little bit better because it, it's a tricky it's a tricky one to navigate. I really honor your... Um your courage in having more children, actually. Yeah, it was hard. We we did wait quite a while before thinking about um, trying again. And then when we did, of course, it wasn't that easy. So suddenly, you know, a year into the process, we were going down the IUI and these different routes and eventually the shots and like, you know, that was unfortunate. Um, but, you know, the whole pregnancy, it was this a little bit on the edge of your seat, but then each day goes by and you start to be like, there's another day that it's okay, you know, and and explaining to your healthcare, you know, people around you, like your insecurities or why you're extra nervous. You know, people are surprisingly kind. They, you know, sometimes we don't give people enough credit. Like tell people if you're having a problem with something or something's harder for you than the average person. Um, and we had a C-section because she was breezy um, uh, for Ivy, our oldest. We had a C-section. Um, Willow was also breached, and we had tried to turn her. I think I am just prone to breach children. Um, but we don't, didn't want to mess with anything. So we just took her out, happy and safe and sound. Um, and the last thing I'll touch on is I will say after all this experience, you might have thought, oh, my gosh, I have this baby. The joy is immense. And there was so much joy there. But I think like a lot of moms, it took for me, and it's different for everyone, a solid three, four months to really feel that deep connection to my child. Oh, yeah. Like I am just obsessed. Yeah. I was not obsessed from day one. So many um, people experience that. Even though I am the person that like was chasing it so hard and I finally got that carrot and I was like, this carrot tastes good. <laughs> I don't know if it's great, but it's good, <laughs> you know? So just also give yourself some grace in all of these scenarios um, because pregnancy, motherhood, it never goes exactly like planned. And yeah. I think that's the one thing we got to get out of our head and just... Just keep going. Yeah. You know. My hope for you, by the way, Nikki, is that you listen to this episode and you realize how powerful you are. How maybe like if you can take like a an outside view of yourself, how really magnificent you are, how much you've accomplished in the last 10 years and how. Yeah. When you look back, it, it, so that's the start of this 10 year journey that we've talked about I this mean, podcast. And you know, it's a lot. We don't sometimes give ourselves credit for getting over the personal stuff or navigating that or these things. And yeah, maybe we need to put that all together because I know sometimes I have to give myself a little more grace. Oh I appreciate God. though looking you in the eyes and hearing that because I'm like, She's I do, not I, do but I believe it a little bit deeper and deeper every time. And that's a good reminder to also say it to other people Yeah, um, because we do need to hear it. Everyone needs to hear it. Yeah, yeah. I just love you so much. I love you too. I'm in awe of your talent and your creativity and your big old heart and your storytelling. How good was that storytelling? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh good. Because I was just thinking, I'm like, oh, I think I don't know if you used your podcast voice on this. I think you might have just 
talked a lot. <laughs> yeah, you did a great job. Where can we find you? So you guys can always find me. I love having people follow me on Instagram at Nikki Dinky, N-I-K-K-I-D-I-N-K-I. That's her real name. That's my real name. So also, if you guys just Google me, anything close to that spelling, you're going to find all my stuff. But I do a lot of social media. You'll see a lot of content that I do for that. My podcast is You're So Creative, which will be launching soon. If it's not out by the time this is out. Um, and, you know, who knows? Who knows what I'll do next? Anything I mean, if you my soul. The but sky's the find limit me for and you. find out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Mom Curious Podcast. My name is Daniela Ravani. I am your host. And I would love to continue this conversation at Daniela Rabani on Instagram. And if you'd be so kind to rate and review, share this podcast, I would be just really grateful. Catch you next time every Tuesday on the Mom Curious Podcast, produced by Hoff Studios. You can find them at Hoff Studios on Instagram as well. All right. Have a great day.